coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and welcome to Peace Podcast. We're here to give you 15 to 20 minutes of inspiration for health, happiness, and peace, the most important component you can carry in your body, no matter where you are and what you are doing. Today's guest is someone very special. I met her um, several times now because I've been watching some of the programs she has been hosting, and I got to meet her because of my friend Dot Maver. Dot Maver introduced her as a young supporter of the youth and this global influencer. She is an iconic youth leader, champion of children's rights. She's a TEDx speaker, author and peace and sustainability campaigner, passionate advocate for women's rights, and the winner of the 2016 International Children's Peace Prize. Kakashan Basu is a tireless advocate for the UN Sustainable Development Goals. I am so delighted you had time to join us today. Thank you, Kakashan, for being here. Thank you so much. I am very happy to be here today. Um, you're gonna find out today that nobody has to wait around to become that youth leader or to be a leader on our planet. Now, I asked Kakashan if she wouldn't mind giving me three questions that she thought we would like to talk about today. Now, I could go on and talk about the prizes that she has won. She's got the Ted Turner Prize, the Turner Prize for Social Change, and the Women's Superior Achievement Award. She's only 19. Imagine what she's going to do in two or three years. But let's just start with her first question, because this is really important. When you go to her um, when she sends you an email at the bottom, it says, listen to me or something like that. What does it say at the very bottom of your email? A call to action. And you listen to her and she tells you that this is time for us all to get involved. And so let's start with her first question. I'll bet you this is the reason she wanted me to ask it. So we all can get involved. What motivated you to start the Green Hope Foundation? So my green journey actually began four years before I started Green Hope when I was eight years old, actually seven, when I saw the image of a dead bird with its belly full of plastic. And I could not stop thinking about the agony and pain the bird must have gone through before it died. And I decided that I had to do something to stop this from happening again. So on my eighth birthday, which is actually World Environment Day, 5th June, I started by planting my first tree and there has been no looking back since then. And gradually I progressed from working on just the environment to working on the environment, society, peace, uh, achieving equality across the world. And when I was 12, I was at the Rio Plus 20 Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And out of 50,000 delegates there, I was one of the youngest and probably one of the only five under 18s present over there. And that was when I realized that it was our future that was being talked about, but there wasn't any involvement of, forget young people, children in the sustainable development process. So when I returned home, I founded Green Hope Foundation so that I could provide children and youth, especially girls with the platform to 
learn about sustainability challenges and then how to take actions to mitigate these problems. And uh, now we've stretched to 16 countries and have reached out to over uh, 60,000 young people around the world. 16 countries and 60,000 young people belonging to Green Hope Foundation. Well, what does Green Hope Foundation actually work on? So Green Hope Foundation works on, well, we work on localizing the UN Sustainable Development Goals, and we work on literally all aspects of sustainability, whether it is biodiversity conservation, whether it's uh, peace, nuclear disarmament, whether it's gender equality, uh, eradicating discrimination, eradicating poverty. Uh, so we work on different topics and different issues, tackling different issues all across the world. And through all of that, we work on localizing the solutions and the SDGs so that the children whom we work with are able to take actions in their own zones of influence. One of the main things that Green Hope does is that we use education for sustainable development as a transformative tool to engage and educate children and youth across the world. And most of these children whom we work with are in marginalized communities, in areas of war and strife, where disaster has struck. So children in Syrian refugee camps, Rohingya refugee camps, uh, children of prisoners in Kenya and Nepal, uh, children uh, in homes for HIV positive children, uh, children in communities that have been, where their villages and communities have been devastated by cyclones year after year. So working with them to ensure that no one is left behind, which is basically the, the mandate of the Sustainable Development Goals. But through all of that, we've planted over 86,000 trees across the world. We've cleaned up over 150 beaches. We've planted more than 5,000 mangroves. We've recycled more than 200 tons of waste. And all of this we've done with uh, the children and youth uh, who work with us, especially those in marginalized communities who are so often ignored. You make me smile. I can't even stop smiling. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you realizing that you can make a difference. When you uh, started talking about planting trees, who do you think you reminded me of? My wonderful friend, Wangari Mathau from the Nobel Peace Prize group, and she's no longer with us, but her theory was that if everybody planted trees, we would have a sustainable future. So let's go into that. I heard you had met, met her daughter because she passed away. Absolutely, I did. And Green Hope has actually partnered with the Green Belt Movement. And it's so inspiring to see that, uh, you know, there are so many people and so many organizations that have been inspired by the work of uh, Wangari Mathai. And I had the huge honor of being able to water the tree that she planted after winning the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004. So it's, uh, it's just wonderful that, you know, we have We've, we had someone who was so amazing and who was really a trailblazer in uh, not just well planting trees, but like achieving sustainability as a whole and creating a sustainable environment uh, both for uh, human life and for uh, the Earth's creatures. And that brings me up to this question. How do peace and sustainability work together? Why does peace bring in sustainability? And of course, I know the answer because it just makes so much common sense. But let me hear it from you. Absolutely. Peace and sustainability are two sides of the same coin, and you cannot achieve one without achieving the other. And that is why goal 16 of the UN SDGs are so important on peace, justice, and strong institutions. Because every single 
a disaster that hits every single challenge that we face are creating a lack of peace. If we take the climate crisis, for example, if the devastation that is caused by climate change induced disasters that literally wrecks havoc on communities across the world, especially vulnerable communities, creates a lack of peace. And that creates uh, this, with this new term called climate refugees, people who are literally displaced from their homes due to climate change induced disasters. You have uh, biodiversity loss, the cutting down of forests that is destroying the livelihoods and homes of people who've been living there for centuries. And it's basically saying that, you know, every single thing that we do, that we work to tackle, if, if we do tackle it, then we are actually creating peace on this planet. And then, of course, on the other hand, you have nuclear weapons, which are such a huge threat to our planet and always have been always will be. And, you know, it's so important that we work on uh, making sure that we are able to abolish weapons of mass destruction and then instead use these resources to create peace around the world by tackling the world's problems. So all of these issues relate to peace on some level or the other. So they are connected. They are the same side of the cone, I coin, as I, be, I believe you said. Well, here's a question. You said early on that you believe in education, education yeah. for these youth in order to get them out of the situations they may be in, poverty, climate refugees, what have you. What kind of education programs do you offer? And is it by um, remote or is it by iPhones? How do you do that? That just fascinated me. Well, actually, before the pandemic hit, Green Hope is so, so ground level. As you can see behind me, I we do. have gone to every single one of the countries that we've worked in, the 16 countries. We've been to all those countries and we've worked in all of them. And uh, we, whether it's in the Syrian refugee camp or in, Sur in an orphanage in Nepal or in Suriname, it's always us being able to go there, talk to them, learn about what they do, what the challenges of their region or their country is and how they can work to tackle that. And that's why, as I said earlier, we work on localizing the sustainable development goals because you know every single uh, region, country faces different challenges. Even cities face different challenges uh, compared to each other. So working on localizing that and working with them, learning uh, and learning and working with them. So we never tell them what to do. We just work with them, provide them with the tools to uh, come up with their own ideas. And a really great thing that Green Hope does is that we use music, art, dance, drama, sport, fashion to spread and writing, to spread awareness. Because since most of the communities that we work in, the children never have access to formal education. They don't know English. So bridging that language barrier, the cultural barrier, these creative ways are really, really helpful when uh, allowing them to learn and have fun at the same time. Now, now during the pandemic, it's like we've gone online totally and we've been conducting webinars and summits nonstop, bringing expert advice to civil society level and conducting workshops with the children uh, and talking to them uh, despite this pandemic. And some of our members are actually continuing ground level advocacy, such as in Bangladesh, talking to their uh, Green Hope Bangladesh is talking to girls in vulnerable communities about proper sanitation, about hygiene, and about staying safe during the pandemic. So, yeah, but it's very, very hands-on. And it seems like it's very practical. There are things that we take for granted that these people, can, that these young children can't take for granted. Absolutely. And Absolutely. human dignity depends upon having your needs met. You have to be able to 
have sanitation and things to eat and make sure that your family is safe. Um, if we wanted to find out more about Green Hope Foundation first, is it a membership organization? Yes, we, we do have members who work all across the world and have chapters in their own countries. So we are headquartered in Canada and we have our 16 country chapters. So if anyone wants to join us, they can register on greenhopefoundation.com and we are just a click away and we would always love to have people and members from all across the world. And so when they go to greenhopefoundation.com, they can become instructed in what they can do or is it more open to their ideas and bringing all of these great ideas together? Well, both because we have toolkits that guide people on what they can do. And at the same time, we work with uh, the person from each country to see what, uh, how they can mold the toolkit, what ideas they have and what they think they can do uh, in their own zone of influence. So it's very, very inclusive. And we always look forward to new ideas and brainstorming how we can achieve uh, this sustainable world. You know, it's so interesting because it sounds like you've been involved since you were seven years young to make a difference. You know, these pictures are very real when you see a bird suffering and it, it changes you. You remind me of my peace podcast and I have with Jane Goodall. And she said all her life she wanted to work with the chimps. And so I have her on my blog on peacepodcast.org so that people can listen to her. When she was 21, she went and worked with the chimps. And she continues to this day with Roots and Shoots. And that's what I, why I do these. These peace podcasts are influencers. They influence people to believe in themselves. And I read a big article recently about we are the mentors that the world needs right now. So I honor you, Miss Mentor, because you're helping the world understand that you don't have to wait to be 21 in order to make this world a better place. If you had a dream for our world, our planet, our children, for Green Hope, what would your dream be? Well, my dream is that every single person adopts sustainable living as a way of life. And that is Green Hope's ultimate mission and vision. And, you know, not thinking about the environment or society as an afterthought, but actually incorporating environmental justice, social justice as a part of our daily lives. That was how I was raised. And I think that I want every single person to understand that the environment, the community, humanity, it's all just part of us. And if we are the ones who have to take that extra step and walk that extra mile. And I always uh, stand by the words of Robert Swan, the environmentalist, who said the greatest threat to our planet is the belief that someone else will save it. And you know, for me, that applies not just to the physical environment, but to our society, the challenges that we think someone else will tackle, uh, the lack of peace that we think someone else will uh, tackle. So I think that's really, really important. My ultimate dream is that no, it, we truly create that just, equitable, and sustainable world where uh, we have tolerance, respect, and a culture of peace. And become part of the solution. I love this. Being part of the solution, being bringing your ideas to your city council, going to the newspaper and saying, I love the article you just wrote on the environment. Let me share my opinion. Letters to the editor, get active. What was the very first thing you ever did at seven? Well, my first step was actually planting that tree. And then after I planted my tree on my eighth birthday, I went around uh, talking to my neighborhood uh, shops, restaurants, beauty saloons, talking to them about recycling, about uh, stopping the wastage of water, using products that have 
less chemicals in them or moving to organics, uh, trying to see how, you know, you can uh, just be more sustainable. And then I started by talking to my fellow children and asking them about like, uh, about the environment, what they knew. And that was when I realized that it was not just about the environment that I was talking about, it was also on equality and being able to uh, achieve that common humanity that we all have, bringing that out. And that was when I realized that what the upbringing that I had with the love for nature, with respect for all, with uh, gender equality, some of my friends didn't have that. And I realized that, you know, it's, it's time for someone to make that change. And, uh, and I thought that would have to be me because someone had to take that first step. So That's yeah, you're never too young to uh, be a leader. Age has nothing to do with capability. So uh, yeah, it's uh, young, old, it doesn't matter. You have that passion, you just go ahead and make the difference. And that's the part I love about you. If not me, who? So why don't I do it? It's my job to bring my ideas into action. And maybe y'all need to go to greenhopefoundation.com and sign up. Come on. You know, and if you're not sure what you want to do, I'm sure there's lots of examples on Green Hope Foundation. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we just need to ask ourselves, what have I done to help my planet, my community? And your, our conscience will give us the answer and that will prompt us to go out there and uh, make uh, the positive change. And yeah, absolutely. Green Hope Foundation is rife with ideas on how we can achieve a sustainable world. So we are always open to passionate people joining us and working with us to achieve a sustainable world. Well, you know, it seems like so many teenagers today are kind of miserable. You seem to have got the answer to misery. You know, don't be so self-centered that you're thinking about, well, I can't go to the movies or I can't do this. Be of service. Being of service is the best ultimate goal for happiness. I bet you're a very happy person, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Positivity is something that has stayed with me throughout. And for me, positivity, honesty, hard work, and passion, these have really helped me to move ahead and actually achieve uh, my goals and the goals of my organization. And, and I always knew that, you know, if you do good work, you're going to have naysayers and you're going to have obstacles. And mine came in the form of death threats, uh, cyberbullying, stalking. But for me, my ultimate goal to achieve a sustainable world, to help my community and my planet, that is what kept me going. And that is why my organization's name is Green Hope, because if we lose hope, if we, use, if we lose that positive outlook, then we have nothing. And I think that is it's so important to maintain that hope and positive outlook if we are to actually achieve a sustainable world. My goodness, you are listening to my dearest, dearest friend now. Um, I am listening to Kakashan Masu, and I hear her saying she was cyberbullied, she was stalked, everything that people don't want they bring it right out and right in your face, but it didn't stop her, did it? It did not stop me at all. And I, of course, I had an extremely stable support system in the form of my parents, but I also learned from them that, you know, doing, like I said, doing good work, it always brings about naysayers. And uh, if you, it was either stop my work or continue, and my passion and positivity allowed me to move ahead and just go towards achieving that goal. If we only had 400 more of you out there. But in the meantime, let's just have us all get on board. Let's all go to greenhopefoundation.com and let's all realize I can do something. 
I can be part of the solution. And if you're not familiar with the Sustainable Development Goals, go to her, go to unasb.org. I'm president of the United Nations Association. Right on the homepage, I have the 17 Sustainable Goals. And you know, it helps if each of us think of this day. This is the day that I have to make a difference. This is the day that I have where I might be able to influence somebody to feel a little better. Maybe I need to think of what can I do in the situation I'm in. Thank you, Kakashan, for today. Your inspiration, your motivation, and your passion is really contagious. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's really a pleasure to uh, be able to speak with you and be here today. Thank you. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller. People like Kakashan bring us the hope of the future generations. There's a lot that we heard in this 15-minute podcast. Please take a moment. Bring your iPhone with a friend. Sit in different houses, different rooms. I don't care. You can all be watching it together. And have a conversation. Start Green Hope in your neighborhood. The hope is what we need today. Again, Kakashan, you were fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you.